0: Hey all! Before we get started, I'm super excited to announce that we're kicking off a collaboration with the Israeli website CTEC, owned by Calcalist, Israel's leading business newspaper. In case you've been living under a rock, simply put, CTEC is the gateway of the Israeli high-tech to the tech world and vice versa. From now on, you'll be able to read about our interviews on CTEC as well as listen directly from there. If you're not already a regular reader, we strongly recommend that you check out calcalistech.com, C A L C A L I S T E C H.com, to stay up to date on high impact stories from the Israeli tech scene.
1: Real life.
0: Superpowers. We don't get to speak to as many women as we'd like to on this podcast. We're actively working to change that. I hope that from our little corner of the audio web, we're helping some women listeners out there tap into their own superpowers and step into their full potential. I know those are big words, but for what it's worth, I mean them. In the meantime, when we do get the opportunity to speak to women founders through this platform, those interviews have always been powerful, leaving us with a lot of food for thought. This episode is no different. In it, we speak to Mirav Harel. Mirav is a world-known expert in tech, blockchain, digital disruption, and trading interfaces. She was named one of the 100 most inspirational women in blockchain by Crypto Newspoint. One out of 36 top women revolutionizing crypto around the world by TechRound UK, and listed twice on the Women in Fintech Power list by Innovative Finance UK. There's a lot to learn from this real life superwoman. She's been through a lot, and she's not afraid to be vulnerable and authentic, sharing her knowledge and hoping to empower others on their journey.
2: Real life
1: superpowers. A bird. It's a plane. Gentlemen, we can rebuild
2: him. We have the technology. It's alive! Real life.
1: Superpowers.
0: Mira, welcome to Real Life Superpowers.
1: Hello, how are you? We're good. How are you? Fine. Excited to be here. What are you up to these days? Mm, very interesting stuff on different uh, categories and different things. So what's like the the highlight? Well, um, I'm building a new project this time, my own. That's like what takes most of my time. This this time, it's for me.
0: This time, as opposed to,
1: as opposed to until now, you know, I was COO at three companies, and I built uh, one of the biggest security trading websites as a product manager, and then biz dev manager, and created value for um, uh, for big companies and for small companies, and then. Uh, um, uh, you know, different positions where I come in and, and help other projects as well. And, you know, uh, whether it's um, uh, with um, uh, strategy or with um, project management or, you know, advisory, and you know, and helping others um, uh, get better at what they want to do using the tools of financial technology and crypto, right? Because that's uh, where my uh, special added value comes from, right? Um, uh, that I live in this field for what, over 20 years, even before it was named FinTech? Um, and this time I want to take all of these things together and yes, and, uh, we're actually focused on, um, uh, attracting investors at this moment.
0: And what gave you the courage to, to set off on your own at this stage? Like this is, uh, you know, two decades and up into your career.
1: Yes. I decided to start on my own when I was 43 years old. Why now? Why then? You I mean, because this is five and a half years ago.
2: Okay. Fair enough. Uh,
1: well, I had the best position in the world <laughs> actually. Um uh, you know I started out as a programmer in the dot com era and then when the bubble burst um I had to pivot so I pivoted into um, um to become an investment consultant uh, with a license um uh, from the Israeli security authority okay and then I you know I did that for about 3 4 years and managed a department of in, of investment and had investment consultants that I was uh, you know that I was managing uh at some point uh, I said okay we're just using half of my skill set right because you know I I also know computers what about you know I'm just doing investing um, and then I got the best position, in my opinion, for seven years, I did it, uh, which was um, uh, the product uh, and business management manager of, uh, of Lumi Trade, the security trading website and, uh, of Bank Lumi. Um, I would literally wake up in the morning going like, ha, I'm going to work. I'm going to work. It's so nice here. Um, and it was really exciting because uh, because we were a really small team. We were only um, four ladies running um, one of the biggest security tra- trading websites. You know, in, in the time that I was there, we won numerous awards. And not only talking about the best website in security trading in Israel, not only the best banking website in Israel, we also won, I think, five times during that time of my term, um, the best website in Israel, period. But we also won international awards, um, one of the three best security trading websites in Europe, alongside Credit Suisse and the Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, and it was really exciting and exhilarating because we could do the whole range of um, of thinking about new ideas, what should we do, building them, checking them and customers to them and, you know, doing that cycle again and again, every time something cool and okay, let's tell, let's do bonds. This time let's do um, uh, um, stocks. Let's do options. Let's do something with the uh, international uh, um, uh, um, assets. And uh, at some point I kind of like picked my my head up and I said, okay, well I've been here I think two, three years, right. You know, well, what's next. And then I looked at the calendar and it was like six years into my position. They're like, Oh my God, what have you done to your career? <laughs> I didn't notice because I was enjoying myself so much.
0: Why did you sort of hold your head up in that sense? Because it sounds like it was actually great and you were getting all these awards and you were getting recognized. So why did you suddenly, why did you suddenly feel as if something was off?
1: Traditionally, being in the same position at the same company for six years is kind of like um, uh, perceived in many cases as what are you doing to your career, right? And that is where, where I got worried. I was like, uh, shoot, what did I do to my career? six years in the same, you know, you can't exactly say it, it is the same position because officially that's, you know, the, I'm sitting on the same um, uh, chair, but you know, I, I'm not doing the same position. Sometimes I put the hat on of the product manager, sometimes the project manager, sometimes the business manager, every time, sometimes the ideation person and the strategist. And, you know, you're, you're moving. If, you're, if it's only four people for seven years building the biggest uh, security trading website, you do almost everything, the whole, um, I'd say 360 degrees of, of 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 building a product. You do that there, um, but traditionally, if I was looking for a job uh, as um, uh, somebody working for somebody else, I think the first question that I would be asked is why six years in the same place, right?
0: Doesn't it indicate that you're stable?
1: It could be, but it could also. I mean, uh, I don't know. You know, like uh, different people can understand it in different ways. I, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't feel that six years passed. I felt the two or three years passed, right? <laughs>
0: which sounds like, you know, the dream. You, you, you want to be in a position where you don't even feel time fly because you're actually doing what you love and it doesn't even feel like work, which yeah. sounds like ideal. And yet you felt, uh, at some stage, you felt like maybe it's too good.
2: Did it feel like it was your project? And it, was it?
1: Like- oh, but I would literally call it my baby. Right. I raised a baby. And when it started walking and having a life of its own, I was thinking, okay, what's next, right? And that was when I got surprised that six years have passed and not only two or three years, right? So then what? So then I started thinking, what would be the next thing that I want to be doing, right? And I said, well, you know, my kids are bigger. I have, um, uh, you know, during this whole time, I raised kids as well, right? I have three kids and they're already older. And I was saying, you know, I I always wanted to build something, um, uh, you know, of of my own. Like, why don't I just try to do that? (laughs) And then I had to, it was actually muster a lot of courage because I had tenureship. Like literally, if I was a lazy person, I could just sit down and say, "Well, I could just be here till the pension it was going to move me right." And I gave up tenureship, and I left uh, Bank Lumi after fifteen years there. Seven years in this position, and I still love that place. I I have many friends there, and you know, I believe in that company, and then, and and uh, I'm very grateful for the years that that I was there. And I literally was shaking. When I decided to um, to leave, when I told them that I'm leaving, I think it was first of all uh, accepted with shock. Like, what? Wait, what can we do to, to change your mind? <laughs> um, and uh, and from the inside and inside me, I was like literally. Even when I think about it now, it was so scary.
0: Let's try to dig into that because you know you had tenureship, so I don't think in essence you lifted your head up after 6 years of doing what you absolutely love and you're respected and you're claiming awards and you don't have to fear about not getting hired by somebody else because you could just actually sit there and stay there and do what you love but something inside of you wanted to do something else so what do you feel that was
1: break break a new glass ceiling you know um uh, you know maslow pyramid the maslow pyramid of course you know number 5 of it that you want to do something that you don't do for others. You want to do it for for yourself and uh, and kind of like challenge yourself. Can I do this? Self fulfillment, exactly. Am I capable of uh, of of taking a challenge upon myself and building what I see in my vision um of what I can bring to the world? Okay, can I do it in a larger scale?
2: You're like, you're like proving that all your life though. Like this, like you're, you're a woman before it's called FinTech, you went to the technology world. Like I'm thinking I would shake, I'm sorry, just because, you know, I know how hard it is and, and, and you're, you're, You're breaking ceilings also on, you know, the award winning, but also opening a company with four talented women and also doing things that are fintech, which is a young, you know, like. And
1: crypto. Talk about crypto. This is so (laughs) young.
2: It sounds like that's that's like like you wanted to break a ceiling. What what was that inspiration from? Like, why did you decide to do that? Which
1: is amazing. You're asking me to think about the reasons inside me. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's the, it's the, 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 you know, wanting to challenge yourself and kind of like setting new goals for yourself and trying to achieve them. And against uh, like uh, any obstacle that comes, it doesn't really matter because when, when you put a goal and you want, I think everybody has that, but people use it in different ways. Like they say, okay, I want to go, uh, I'm going to have fun right now and I'm going to go travel the world. Or I don't know, I'm going to, I don't know, I, I want something and people go and get it. Right. Sometimes they, they, you know, I, I, sim- I'm a geek, I guess. I, why, why this dream and not another one? I don't and know. <laughs> reward, though.
2: I'm thinking of this, when you were younger, what you went to technology, right? How did that decision come? Like, how'd you get to technology? Uh,
1: uh, well, first of all, I started programming at the age of eight. Hmm. <laughs> My dad was a math professor, came home with, um, with a Commodore computer and sat that in front of me. And I was like, Ooh, look at that. And then I started playing with it. And, uh, I realized that I really love programming. Um, I studied programming, uh, throughout high school and because I skipped uh, a class, I didn't do third grade. Um, I had one year before, um, you know, in Israeli go to the army, right? So I had one year before the army and what does a geek do? I went and studied, okay. uh, and then I became a certified, um, uh, uh, programmer. I did, um, uh, uh, I don't remember how it's called, but it's, uh, like, uh, I became a programmer and then, um, uh. And that's how I went into the, into programming. I really loved it. It's, it's, uh, you know, I was talking about this today with my daughter. I told her one of the nice things about computers is that if you do, if something doesn't work, it means that you didn't program it right. I mean, you're the one that is in charge of putting the input in. And if something goes wrong, that means that it's your responsibility. It's nobody else's responsibility. And I love that part It's like, um, uh, you know, you, you do it, you, you create it, and then it does what you want it to do, right? And in the system, uh, you know, after tweaking and tweaking and tweaking, you get to the result that you want. Isn't that amazing? It's like you don't have outside forces trying to, um, you know, taking it in different directions. It's like a solely your kind of doing, right? So there's something um, uh, a very beautiful about it or very, um, uh, I'd say, simplified. It's just one parameter, Right. The question is, can you do it when you have other uh, parameters that are changing and uh, different, uh, you know, macro elements that are changing and micro elements that are changing and humans around you that, you know, have different interests? And how do you now create something that is not only on one parameter? It's dependent only on you. It's dependent on many, many other parameters, right? Can you also do that? It's interesting, right? Like, like a game. Yeah, it is like a game. It is a game. Isn't it a game? It's kind of like a game, although the stakes are kind of higher because with all due respect, it's not like you're a teenager living in your parents' house. I have three kids. I have a mortgage. I have a house. How do I exactly do that? Um, and uh, and uh, go and, uh, you, know, and uh, um, you know, build this new kind of puzzle, this 3D puzzle this time. It's not just 2D, right? It's 3D. How do I do that when so much is at stake, right?
0: Were you always so... Uh, absorbed into growth? Because I'm thinking maybe, you know, before we we hit record, you were talking about how uh, if you don't, if you're too comfortable, you're not growing. So do you feel like you need to not feel too comfortable?
1: I think everybody does. I mean, you know, growth not happens sure. outside of our comfort zone. Okay, people decide to take challenges, whether it's playing a a game on a a computer game and challenging themselves there, or whether um, people that love cooking would take uh, and try a new kind of challenge ourselves with a new recipe that could be, you know, super interesting or super yummy. I think um, humans are born with goals. Look at babies. They They set goals. They want to talk. They want to walk. They want to sit. They try again and again and again until they succeed reaching their goals. And I, I, it's. I think it's human nature. Maybe it's turned off at some point with 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 some people, or they don't even realize that they're doing this. You know, D- you know, raising three kids, you you see that a lot. Because my daughter would say, "I don't have motivation. I don't do this." And I'm like, "Wait, when you wanted to do jump rope, didn't you just sit down there?" Five hours at a time, trying again and again and again to reach the level that you wanted to do with um with you know it's a Chinese jump rope right with Kumi. so um you know and then she sat there for hours, days in the afternoons, reaching the level that she wanted to leave to um, to reach. So I think that it's part of um I guess um human nature. Just we forget that the, the, the exhilaration, the fun. If everybody looks inside internally, they have goals. Sometimes they're afraid to reach them. Sometimes they stop themselves from trying to reach them because they're afraid. But the, the will to reach them is is something I think that that's inherent in in human nature, isn't
2: it? That's true. The the difference is the that they don't know what they want. So if you give them the babies, they want to speak because they need like they want to speak. The amazing thing is knowing like you knew exactly what you want, so that willpower is there and you were motivated enough. But knowing what you want is is like the the difference between the comfort zones. Is it not
1: knowing what they want or being afraid? to go after what they want, thinking, having self doubt and thinking I'm not good enough. I'm not capable enough. Is that what's, I don't know, I guess where, where do people stop themselves from achieving their dreams? Is it in the part where they don't know what they want or in the part that they don't allow themselves to even dream or think that they can reach what they want to reach.
2: Great point. I, today. It just, I feel that there's so much opportunities and informations that it's what to choose. Also there's a scary part of if I achieve, if I fail, of course, but also, what to choose, you know, specifically closing that door, like you being a programmer and being a specialist, and you wanting to open up that door and this challenge, and you know that you're in fintech, and getting out of the comfort zone is—it's also you're not scared, you're achievable, and you're very successful and very charismatic. But over that, there's also the sense of you know you're you're focused, right?
1: I, I would put I would put a question mark. Um, I, 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 I... Even when you you choose your area of um of where you want to succeed, when when you're an entrepreneur, when you work for yourself, the choices are limitless, okay? Okay, do I want to write a book? I mean, all this knowledge that i'm that I'm giving people all the time. and you know, I, I give I think around eighty lectures a year. easy. I, I do two a week, okay? Easy. And I'm invited from all over the world. next next week, i'm uh, I'm at a conference in uh, Sofia, Bulgaria. Which is um, funded by uh, the U.S. State Department. Okay, um, uh, last week I was um uh, what was that? And in, uh, in, uh, uh, I was uh, at the FinTech Junction where they asked me to come and and and, uh, and you know and speak about the future of of money and finance. A few weeks before that, I was in uh, I was invited by the um, uh, um, uh, Abu Dhabi government along with uh, with uh, twelve leading women or fourteen women leading women in the world in Web three. Okay, which which ideologically you know. So, so, okay. So do I push myself more on giving more lectures and transferring this knowledge, you know, in lectures, or do I finally finish writing that book that I've been writing for the last three years and transferring that knowledge, right? Or do I create a series of, of recorded educational tutorials that can enable other people to learn this field because what's amazing about this field of, of, of financial technology, crypto, web three, everything that has to do with, with the future of, 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 of data, money, all of those things, everything is new. And a lot of people see this as an opportunity. They want to learn it. That's why they come up to me, right? I can teach it. I I'm I, I love teaching, right? I love transferring knowledge that I have, right? It's one of the things that I enjoy personally, right? So, do I, do I build it in as a recorded course? What do I like? You can, you can literally fill your time with so many different options. Okay. Do I advise more companies or do I build my own startup? Right. When is the point where I kind of like take all of this knowledge and implement it to something that could be groundbreaking where I could bring value to so many people at the same time? Right. Which of the directions? And there's only 24 hours a day and you need. (laughs) <laughs> to sleep seven, eight hours, which I don't always manage to do, but that that's it you only have literally you only have sixteen hours a day to fit in everything that you want to do. How do you choose? oh that's an interesting question. I know. you're asking me questions. Um, how do I choose? you know i heard I heard something very, very interesting. Uh, it's the question that one of my friends actually spoke about a few weeks ago, where she was in a dilemma, and she reached the conclusion that you know she gave a really, really nice um uh, kind of like metaphor she said when, when when you're recording a movie there are a lot of scenes that go don't you know don't get into the into the final movie right the same is with your life you kind of like choose what moves the plot forward right what's the next thing that i need to be putting right now that will move this plot forward of um
0: and you're the director
1: we are the director we are the editor we are the actors we are the players we are the 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 scripters we are the everything right yeah so we decide do I prefer you know uh, I really like one, one of the things I think that that I I wish I could motivate people is not to sit in front of their tv and their tiktok and waste their time looking at lives of other people because if you accumulate the amount of time, how much time do people now spend in front of social media and TikTok and TV? Three, four hours a day. Three, four hours a day is a half-time job. Okay, it's half-time. Four, Forty hours is a is a is a week. You do uh, four hours a day times five. That's twenty hours. You do that on weekends as well, right? So we're talking about something like almost 20, 30 hours. That's more than half-time. Okay. So if somebody would tell you you could work half-time and building the dream that you have, okay. And you would have enough money to do that. Would people choose that option? Because it's in front of them. I mean, if they're sitting three, four hours a day in front of a TV and not pursuing their dreams because they think they won't be able to sustain it, well, take those three, four hours. that like You're sitting in front of, the, you know, in front of being passive and 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 start fulfilling your dream with incremental little steps, right? So I wish I could, like, I wish I could do that with my kids, right? I mean, <laughs> trying to motivate other people, but but it, it's it's it's. Uh, I I think that's like a No, I guess, and I try to do that myself. I try to say, okay, why would I sit and look at somebody else's life? Why don't I try to build something amazing while I'm here anyway? Right? You know, I'm here, so
2: I I totally agree with that notion. By the way, but the thing is that I had someone saying to me the uh, the next thing that maybe their ideas will come at the end of the day on being on TikTok, so they're actually achieving their goals to be somebody on TikTok, which is you know very sad on my sense being older and and what i think of things but that you see a lot of people have those ideas they don't know what to do so they go on tiktok and then they become the tiktok person uh you know what i mean the the three or four hours being a specialist you know at tiktok
1: first of all you know if somebody puts that dream or any other dream who who am i or anybody to um, to say you could have a better dream i mean it's very individual i think right and that's a dream in itself and i think that if somebody does that and manages to become an influencer on tiktok and manages to um, uh, um to, to 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 reach the goals that they want that that's amazing but the question is i think that that there's always like two sides of the coin what what are you um giving up while by choosing this dream let's say specifically we're talking about tiktok do you realize that the amount of data that you are generating is not being monetized by you, okay? If you want to do that, do that on Web3. At least let the data be collected about you and monetize it, right?
0: And I would add to that that I think maybe what Renan said is the exception to the rule, if there's such rule, because most of the time if you're scrolling through social media, you're looking at uh, other people's uh, highlight reel, and people don't portray the real image of their life. So you're going to sit there and look at all these success stories and how people are rocking their lives. And most of the time, I believe that that actually makes people feel f- further away from self-fulfillment than anything.
2: They don't meet the people that are dreams that are are different. That's the ideas they have. They don't meet a Merav. And if they would have met a Merav, then maybe that would be their dream. You know what I mean? It's kind of lo- a loop
1: it's not only that it's like um, when you when you own, I, 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 there's research about this right what what emotional impact does watching social media and and even TV um uh, what does that do to humans right what does that do to their emotional state and their and, and, and their mental state it's not proved as effective for them. Uh, that That's something that, you know, needs to be taken into account. So may, maybe if, if somebody wants, you know, the downtime, which is downtime is important. You know, we all need that, you know, our brain needs to maybe um, it would be more effective to actually be listening or following people that are motivational speakers. You have a lot of these people that have dedicated their life to giving others tools in order for them to be able to create the future that they want and empowering people. It's not necessarily the people that you have on your feed and Facebook. I mean, maybe if you switch it to them, then, you know, so choose what, what you're putting into your brain and what you're doing with those four hours of free time that you have a day.
0: I agree. You wanted to get out of your comfort zone and start growing. And that was terrifying. Did you have any mentors? Like who did you turn to? Because obviously it wasn't smooth sailing, right?
1: Of course not. Um... I might have made a mistake that I didn't choose mentors, you know? <laughs> Maybe it would have taken faster if I had mentors, right? I was kind of like inventing inventing it as I got like on myself.
0: Wasn't there even like somebody that you had in your head as a reference? Because at the end of the day, you must have had some vision of where you want to be. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg.
1: Okay, that, that's fair. Elon <laughs> Musk, great. I can't like exactly call them and say, "Oh, would you would you like to kind of like follow me in my growth until uh, I reach your, your size?" It's not something that you can really do. And you know, as, as a daughter of a math professor and a social worker, my parents their whole life lived um, as uh, people working for others. Right? Everybody around me um, uh, were people that that work for other people, and none of them were entrepreneurs. And um, uh, and and. Uh, there's so many skill sets and mental things that you need to go through as an entrepreneur. I don't even think I realized it because it's not only when you're, when you're, when you build your own company, you actually need to be able to do all the different positions in that company, okay? You need to be the ideation person, the strategist, the financial person, the marketing person, the social media person, the everything person, the person that works, the product manager, the project manager, you're everything, okay? The salesperson, the business person, okay? That is a skill, the the amount of skill that you need to accumulate, the learning curve that you have to add to yourself, which is uh, on the one hand, the how to do this, right? So how do I do the finances? What does that mean? to open a financial entity? Do I open it as a private person or as a company, right? At what stage do I move and open a company? And then what does that mean in regards to tax? So what's better, okay, in which stage of life, right, of your company, right, or whatever you're doing? And how do I attract customers? And how do I do social media? Do I put a lot of hashtags or not a lot of hashtags? You just learn the way you go you just continue learning and learning and you kind of like have a shelf of questions and either you go and you say okay wait i understand that i have a very big gap in the knowledge that has to do with um uh sales or um, uh, or uh marketing or i don't know whatever you you feel that you're you feel that is a very big gap and then you say okay how do i fill this gap do i go and learn it do i go take a course do i go and take um uh, um uh, uh um uh, uh, uh private lessons with somebody that's an advisor how do i fill the gap of knowledge but all of these things that I just mentioned are just on the side of the cognitive side. In addition to that, you have to build your mental, um, uh, um, uh, I'd say a uh, library, right? Because um, the amount of times that you need to get up after you don't achieve your goal is, 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 has a potential of being so discouraging, right? Like yes. I wanted to, to, to get this and this and this done. And then I work and work and work and work. And then, I can't it's it's not working okay like how do I continue do I give this up and then like shoot what does that mean am I failing am I not good enough do I try something else on the way do I try a different track do I continue pursuing this specific way but when is the point that you give up and continue and when is the point that you like you don't look at yourself and say ah oh, I could have been so much better oh, I'm not going to forgive myself you you have to have a lot of mental capacity to see like uh, I heard this um uh um a podcast that i was listening to like the third time i think um uh, um uh by john Asraf. you you know him right um and he was saying that he learned very early on to distinguish between um failing and being a failure that's not an easy distinguish, distinguish distinction it's not easy right because it's very hard to say okay so i I didn't manage to get this goal and I didn't manage to get that goal. Does this mean that I'm a failure or does it mean that it's too early now? Or or maybe the other things that I did, maybe I should be counting the things that I did achieve and not looking at the things that I didn't achieve because I don't know, naturally there's a tendency at least in my brain <laughs> to look at, you know, what I didn't do manage. So, so it was really funny. Like I, I'm saying, okay, I did manage this, 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 and this, but what do I focus on naturally? I look at the things that, but I didn't manage this, 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 ah, shoot. How could I let that happen, right? But you don't necessarily, and I think that maybe and this is something that I've to myself. I'm, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think each and every one of us has to say, okay, Mirab, maybe you need to start looking at what you did achieve, and giving, you know, you 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 really like. Uh, if you stop and think about this, then you're you're doing fine. You know, you have so much to give. You have so much to teach. People love what you're what you're giving them. They come to you again and again to learn more, to do more strategy, to do more, uh, um to build projects for them. You know, you, you sometimes can't even manage to reach all your customers because there's so many coming to you that want to to um, uh, to um, get get what you want to give. You know, I have a lot to give to the world, right? And then, and maybe I should be counting that side of uh, of uh, of the of the chart, right? Not the ones that I didn't manage to do what I wanted, right?
0: You know, Thomas Edison was famous for saying that he found like a thousand ways of not getting a light bulb to work.
1: I love that. I love that. I love Thomas Edison quotes. I mean, it's not what is failure. Failure is just achieving something that you didn't have as a goal.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> That's all
1: it is, right? What's failure for somebody else that could be success because that was what they were trying to do, right? It's just that I set a goal and I didn't necessarily reach it at the time that I wanted, so I can translate in my brain to failure. But is that really failure? It, right. You know, cognitively, when you think about it, it's not failure. I just achieved something that I didn't plan to do, right? So, okay, so let's try again. Let's try a different way. Let's try. Maybe,
0: you know, do you think that your programmer mindset, like from a young age and also as you spoke with your daughter about you being the one behind the code and if it doesn't work, then it's on you. And if it does, then it is. Did it help you sort of structure the way you approach business and be able to be accountable, but also able to sort of zoom out and and see a larger picture and be able to say, okay, I need to switch some sort of quote-unquote line uh, in this code to adjust and maybe learn this other element? It's
1: very interesting, yes. I I, I do think that the structured uh, methodology of programming that puts um, uh, different steps into different compartments, which are procedures, right, kind of um, uh, especially when you're doing it at a very young age, it kind of like, I think, build the, the neurostructure in your brain in a way that is built with compartments, right? With, okay, so this is this procedure. I need to improve that one. And this is like this. And the, and, and things are very kind of like um, uh, sequential and logical. And kind of like, I, like I, I encouraged all my kids to learn programming, uh, even if they don't want to work as, I haven't worked as a programmer since the dot-com era, right? I hadn't programmed in these last 20 years um i've built on top of technology because i understand it i understand the way you know and and i, I think that the um, you know adding programming with anything else make it finance make it human emotions psychology isn't it amazing to try to create with technology the way a human brain works that's ai right That's anything that too. you build on top of computers and 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 on top of programming you can build amazing things with it it's like the infrastructure of the lego blocks right so you know i i was encouraging my kids go and learn this even if you don't want to work with it because you never know you know when you're a you're going to be needing it b you can build so many other things that that on top of it because you know i, I like saying this in my lectures you know our phones that we're holding These little cell phones—they're stronger than the first IBM that sent a spaceship to space. The amount of solutions that humanity can build these days is something that is unimaginable, and and it depends. Like that's why I'm saying that the, the 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 interdisciplinary inventions are the ones that are the most exciting. So I'm lucky enough to have finance and technology. And that is where I create the new things, right? I create the new solutions on blockchain and create the new um, uh, um, ideas that nobody thought about, about NFTs, of how to use them. I don't like hype. I don't like the, when there's no use case. I I, lo- I love the sweet spot of, uh, of of where you do something that's innovative. You give value to people and there is a business, Um, case to do it and people want this right that is where the sweet spot is so i think that with nfts we're only now maybe touching upon these things okay so when people came up to me and asked me let's do an nft project i was like i'm not building something for hype just because it's cool that's not what that's not what intrigues me let's you know let's find the things that are that are interesting. So I think that that the 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 interdisciplinary if I circle back to that the, the 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 idea of taking different um worlds of knowledge and combining them in order to create value and the new step that that a lot of humans and a lot of people and a lot of um, uh, can get value from that that is where it's really interesting isn't it? Yeah. And I, you I, can do that with anything with anything take you know um um art and or medicine and add that to technology okay? and add that to the computing power like anything that you can you that interests you human relations okay and 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 uh, negotiation skills with technology imagine what kind of a beautiful ai system you could create okay anything when, when you combine it with technology it's like it's kind of like putting a, a special special ingredient of magic dust right where you can create new things it's amazing so, um, uh, so I think that that's uh, kind of like a, yes, I I I do believe that teaching um, uh, young 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 people, um, even if they're young at the age of forty, learning how to code and how to program and and and, and learning the, the 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 basics of how how a sequential logical sequence of steps can reach something is is a tool that that is uh, is very um, uh, helpful and useful and, and can become an infrastructure for building amazing stuff
2: how do you take an account so you got the logic uh, pan down but how do you take an account in the mental health um uh in you know the people like you know you disappoint people because you have to you know do something that they won't like as an entrepreneur or or people don't understand how amazing the negotiation ai and they just don't get it yet and they're talking about it like the mental, the mental part of being the entrepreneur, and I'm taking into account that you're self-reliant and you can create and you understand everything. The thing is, there's people, and you, you know, the mental part. You're t- like you talked about skill set, but there's also the emotional, you know, part which is really difficult.
1: First, first of all, that's a great question. I think I would divide it. Okay. So you have what you do, you have the logical stuff, you have the skill set, right? You have um, the entrepreneur thing that you need to kind of like be mentally capable of of sustaining that on long terms, because you're, you're running a marathon, it's not sprints, right? And you see results of, of things that you've done like two, three years ago, you see it two, three years later, okay? Um, uh, so you need to have the, the, the um, emotional and mental capacity to live with them, it's not instant gratification, right? That's one thing how do you negotiate or talk or or explain to people the, what they could be receiving by you know that's that's another skill so that's like you have the internal negotiation with yourself you have the external negotiation how do you talk with humans right so or how, how do you you know how do you communicate something because it's not
2: that you can't control
1: right so this is very interesting i think this this question is very relevant to um uh, some people are born with it you know some people are born with the ability to negotiate and talk and sell things, you see a lot of people like that. I mean, one of one of my kids is like that. She was when she was three years old, and we went to to daycare with her. You know, there were like puzzles on the table, and kids would come and start doing their little puzzles, and you know, and at some point the daycare would continue. She was sitting there. I remember her at the age of two and a half, three, sitting there and not looking at the puzzle, but looking at the other kids, and she would she would look at them, and you'd suddenly see her smiling, ha, huh. and then seeing a few minutes later, like, ha. Huh, Right, and what I didn't realize at that time, and I only saw later when when I saw her her interpersonal um uh, um uh, skills, I realized that what she was busy doing at that time was learning humans and their reactions and their emotions and and their um communication between each other. and she is is amazing in human relations, right? on the other side of that, um I'd say if you if you call it um scale of, of how good a person is in human relations you would have the other side of people that are on the on on, on i'd say on the on the, the verge of asperger's right that they understand machines so so well but they don't necessarily have the skill set to communicate with other humans which are not machines right there's a whole yeah. lot of uh different stuff happening there um uh, and um I guess the way for people that don't have this naturally is to acquire that knowledge by by using the analytical brain and going and learning. So go and take courses of negotiation. This is something I think on the second year of myself being uh, outside and, and as an entrepreneur, I decided to go and study Negotiations. Now, it wasn't completely new for me because you know my my BA and my master's degree. I did. I I had um, business and communication. Okay, and my thesis that I wrote is interpersonal nonverbal communicate is about interpersonal nonverbal communication between people. Obviously, right. Um, So this intrigued me even as a twenty year old, right? Um, But I, I I felt that I need to improve this skill further in order to not waste energy. Okay, and be more effective in in the interactions that that I have around me. So I actually um, <laughs> did another master's degree. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> How many hours are they in day again? Sixteen.
1: Yeah, I, I now have a, a degree as um, a negotiation specialist. I don't use that. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't uh, come and, and help people with their negotiations. It's not one of the. Uh, skill sets that I feel comfortable enough in uh, in teaching others. There are people that are naturals at it, right? For me, it's it's something that I wanted to learn more. So I am I give myself, um, uh, I wouldn't give myself a grade A on that, right? I'd give myself a B, okay? There are people that are, if you want to go and learn, don't learn that from me, learn that from others, right? I wouldn't mess
2: with her B. No, I'm, I'm just wondering if she framed it behind her when she's doing a negotiation, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really really. I don't. It's like embarrassing to even talk about this. Right? Um uh, my, my strengths come in different areas. Okay? Um uh, I, I the, the value that I can can give others is is I can give it in in other areas of um of of uh of everything that has to do with uh finance technology innovation, um crypto, um uh, where to build the future, how to build the future and combine that with um uh, what you said, ethics. you, you mentioned that, um uh, um about um how do I not hurt others? and which is so, so important these days, because you know what? I remember what I said about the ability with technology to build any kind of uh, idea that we haven't even thought about, there is the the ability that exists today can create various kinds of futures, okay? And they can be utopian or they can be dystopian to the point that you you're seeing developments around you and you're saying wait a minute do we really want to go there as humans right yes and sadly i think in this time of uh of the human evolution we don't have martin luther king or gandhi or any or lincoln or any kind of um moral and ethical compass speaking in these areas and and i kind of like Sometimes find myself needing to do that job, although it's not necessarily, again, not my background, right? But you see things and you're saying, wait a minute, humans, <laughs> do we really want to go there? Okay. Yeah. that the future that, that we want. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Okay. Is that okay to give you an example of what you I'm talking it. about? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the future of money. Okay. Money um, itself is now being changed. Okay. If until now, you know, before there was money created, you had bartering, right? And then humans created um, natural resources that are kinds of money, right? Um, Gold, uh, salt, seashells, every area had their own little um, uh, natural resource. And then came government-created or central bank-created currencies, right? So every country has its, uh, its own money, right? We've all been born to that. It's a paradigm, right? Then came Bitcoin that kind of like put a question mark and said, wait a minute, does money only have to be created by governments and central banks, or can there be a new kind of money that is de- dependent on this ability to use computers that enables people to um, uh, um, uh, use a new kind of money that doesn't have a central bank or a group of humans, okay, of uh, um, that that manage it in the background in a centralized way, okay? And then the next step after that was uh, was with Ethereum that came and said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. If we're already creating these new kinds of digital money, you know, it's just a digital code that's moving from one place to the other. Why can't we program them?" Okay, and they created smart contracts. Okay, so wherever look at the evolution, um, we're seeing many new things with smart contracts. We can do many things. We can put in the money itself rules. Okay, that means that I'd say, let's say I'm transferring Noah some sort of fund. It'll only be liquid if something happens. Okay. That's what you can um, create these days. And then the next step of that evolution is actually being taken now into account by central banks around the world that are creating central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Okay. Just the digital shekel, the digital dollar, the digital Euro, the digital UN. Okay. Now everybody looks at them and is raising the questions about, okay, what about privacy? Everybody's going to know when you're buying, when you're selling. That is not the most ethical question that is, can be raised. The ethical question is what do you program inside this new kind of money? And an example for where things could go in interesting directions is actually the, um, uh, uh, one of the use, case, use cases that was done um, uh, in, in China that exemplified what can be programmed um, into this kind of money okay now you know the chinese government rolled back on that they didn't it's not necessarily how the digital yuan works right now but it can example, exemplify and showcase what can be programmed in money and 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 here is the here is a cute uh, summary of what happened um people that received the digital money in their wallet let's say they received 100 dollars realized that they cannot transfer from one person to the other because it's programmed that way that means that now if i want to you know, pay my Pilatus teacher or give my parents some money or transfer to my kids for um uh, some sort of allowance. I can't do that, okay? It's programmed that way. Not only that, I can only buy in specific stores. That means that if I want to buy in a different store, literally governments can now program where you can buy and where you can't. Wait when you go inside the store, the money can work only if you want to buy specific things that means that theoretically it can be programmed that you are not allowed to buy. Cigarettes, or not allowed to buy meat because it is polluting the area. Or you're 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 you have only one thousand shekels a month to buy gasoline for your car. It is programmable into the money, okay? And and the last thing is that in the in the pilot that that they that the Chinese government created was that you couldn't um uh, if you had leftovers in your wallet, it could be taken away from you. It it burns right. It goes away. Okay. Now, when you think about this technology, this ability to program money, you can imagine a lot of different futures that humanity can have based on this technology, right? You could say, um, uh, um, uh, you know, you could give people um, incentives to do good things, right? So people that donate, they're going to be getting something back, right? Or people that, um, right. On the other scale of it, is that you can control people to the point of their money won't be working if they don't do what you want them to be doing.
0: Yeah, it's like the opposite of a
1: decentralized network. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay? So now we as creators of these technologies knowing what can be created need to stop and think. Do we want to really create this kind of future? Do Not we yourself. even want to start playing with programming money even to give incentives to people about good behavior? The moment that we go and we want to modify people's behavior with the program inside their money, what are we treating them as adults that can think for them for themselves, or as people that got allowance? And is that where we, as as humans, want to evolve as a society? Isn't it too okay. late? I hope not. Okay. And, you know, this is interesting. This came up. We were speaking. Uh, I was invited. Um, uh, what was fifth to last week, the week before, um, uh, to the um, conference in Elat. Of the CPA Association in Israel, okay, and I was sitting there on stage alongside the regulators. You had the tax authority, which are my clients. You have the um, Israeli SEC, okay, uh, they're also my clients, and you have another regulator from uh, I don't know how they're called in English. Uh, shoot, another one of them that has to do with uh, with um, uh, um, securities and uh, and stocks and uh, you know, and 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 we raised this question. What is going to happen with these central bank digital currencies? Because who decides what to program in that money? Is it a group of div- diversified people? What backgrounds do they have? Do they come from psychology? Do they come from, uh, from or are they all privileged white males, right? Who's it them decides? I hope you do. I wish, I wish, you know, I I would love to, like, uh, what do you mean? I've been asked about this because I do advise when I sit down with regulators, I'm, I sit down and, and put these things on the table because I think that this is the time to sit down and think about them. And, and, you know, all of them are my customers and I admire their work. These are things that we can't put in the back of our mind and say they will work out themselves because if we as people that believe in, 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 in ideologies and ethics and all sorts of things don't stop and think about that, then who exactly is going to be doing that? People that have interests?
0: Is that what your book is going to be about?
1: Which one of them? Um, uh, the one that's written right now is, um, is The Future of Finance. Okay, And you have chapters about um, uh, um, uh, all the different aspects that I cover. Um, uh, in, in financial technology, starting with um, uh, the future of loans, the future of um, uh, of payments, the future of money itself, the future of um, uh, of data is data a currency there's uh, you can open a whole uh, a, a whole conversation about data as a currency. We're paying with it for services, aren't we when we're when we're using Google and we're using Facebook what are we paying with with our data right? What's our data yeah, worth with, what's, a, the, what's the exchange currency we're, we're, our data is is, is, is is the currency that we're paying for. What's yeah. the, what's the, what's the currency? What's the exchange currency? Is it worth more or less than what we're getting? Maybe we, if we changed it into dollars, we'd actually be getting, I don't know what, a thousand dollars where the service that we're getting is worth $2 a month. Okay. I could make $998 a month for passive income just for my data.
2: Watching TikTok. Oh
1: my God. The amount of data that you're giving there. Ah, how much money could you, could you create as passive income? If you would bottle up that data and then choose to sell it to whomever you want to sell it. Okay. That's a whole chapter in itself in this book, Right. The the future of of data is a currency, okay? So there are many different chapters. And yes, of course, one of them is talking about um, uh, the future of finance and money in in the point of view of of ethics and humanity and the evolution of humans, not only necessarily on the financial side, because obviously we're we're seeing the evolution on the financial side from seashells and bartering to the point where we are right now. Obviously on that um, uh, um, uh, scale, yes, we're evolving. But humanity evolves on many other scales what about ethics? That's a skill of itself. You know, once it was uh, it was okay to have slaves, we now realize that no, that maybe that's not such a good idea, right? Humanity has evolved on on ethics as well, right? Okay, so this next step, how does that correlate? Are we sitting on the on the ideology that the founding fathers and the French Revolution and all the rest of them sat? Uh, you know, that's that's a stage in the evolution of humanity. Are we now taking a step back or a step forward with the inventions that we're creating as humanity right now?
0: Well, I very much hope it's a step forward.
2: I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm scared shitless to even uh, converse about it because, you know, if I had to guess, it's all, you know, as long as as attribution is 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 uh, and capitalism is there, the the amount. I'm not saying I'm still an optimist, but the amount of percentile that I say of success on the ethics side would be hard because we're making it up and it's like, it's really young and progressing too fast to, Hey, so I'm like scared of that issue. But you know, I'm, what I am impressed about is like that. I really love meeting amazing people like yourself that even, you know, it doesn't matter what, what, what happens. It matters more that, you know, that it's consciously in the brain and you talk about it openly and you brainstorm to make it, you know, okay to, understand that, you know, everybody's part of the problem. You can talk about it so, and being proud of it and thinking about the ethics, just conversing about it usually is, is very courageous and I love it.
1: it uh, yeah, that's, that's the point. Very courageous. I hope not stupid, right? <laughs> because I am putting on the table things that, that people don't want to think about, right? Don't talk about it. Where, where are we going to solve it? And I think that, that, that there are many, many, many people around us that, 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 um, could contribute and stop and think about the difference. First of all, if they realized it. And second of all, if it wasn't a taboo to talk about it, let's let's talk about this, right?
2: Like talking about slaves, <laughs> you know. It's like, you have to talk about it.
0: Yeah, maybe slaving is bad. Yeah, <laughs> And that's okay, we're all going to be slaves of AI. But uh, no, I think there's also like the, the knowledge gap. So it's very difficult to converse about it when the, the text seems so, you know, overwhelming. And most people, it's like talking in the early days of the internet, trying to discuss, you know, how the internet actually works. It's, like, it's a conversation that's beyond uh, a lot of our understanding.
1: That's where I love coming in. You know, I teach uh, MBA programs um uh, um and um and and truthfully it's not hard to explain this okay it's an it's an it's a, it might be a knowledge gap yes because everything is moving so fast but the, as long as you have translators that can take these advanced ideas and simplify them and explain them in a way that everybody can understand then the knowledge gap can be closed I saw a wonderful saying that uh, a quote today that I saw that was like, if you can't explain it simply enough, you don't understand it well enough. Einstein. Yeah, Einstein. Exactly. So, so luckily there are people around the world that know how to explain this and, uh, um, and, and can help people close the gap. So by all means, I, that's where I encourage people. And can can I be a little bit pro women, women? Okay. You know, the, the whole financial system until now was built by, by men. Isn't it our turn? I Isn't it our turn to come and give our two cents right? Everything is new. Everything is new. Everything is being created. Where is our voice? Okay. Where is our voice as mothers, as women, as, uh, as people of, um, uh, um, uh, you know, of, of, of different backgrounds. Okay. This is the time.
0: Is that your mission these days or or in general to fill fill in that knowledge
1: gap? I think it's um, uh, part of what I do and I'm passionate about. I don't know if that's my only mission. my, my if you're asking me what my my goal is is, is to create a better um, future for as many people as I can. okay um, uh, there are many ways to do that, right? I, I, from my perspective, let's say the uh, the company that I'm building right now is 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 actually um, a, a, a blockchain based distribution protocol that 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 comes to mitigate um brand and documentation fraud okay, where people are cheating, okay, and, and, and we have a patent about, um, uh, I already wrote a patent about how to use these technologies and implement it in a, in a, in a, in a a great way, and I, I, you know, and so, so this is one way, let's, let's take, first of all, let's take out the fraud, let's take out the cheating, right, let's move that out of the equation, B, let's, let's, um, enable people that have their own data to utilize and monetize it themselves. That's another mission that I have. That's why I'm, you know, I'm in Web3. That's why I love Web3. That's why I love the idea of the questions about who does the data belong to? How do you monetize it? Right now it's being hogged by the tech giants, right? Okay. it's uh, They're not giving uh, the people what they should be give, getting, right? So I guess that, and, and obviously giving the people the knowledge to understand what is available to them. Okay, There is so much that is available to humans right now. You can learn so much. you can create so much. you can like it's it's being created right now. If, uh, imagine that there that every one of us was was passionate about giving the power of data to the to the to the people. okay? You know, yeah. imagine what kind of world could have been created. People would not necessarily have to be working so hard in in menial jobs and being paid minimum wage or being unemployed because the data that they're generating on TikTok could have covered. Their basic living income. You don't need a universal income. All you need to do is give the people the monetization of the data that they're creating. That's all you need to do. And everybody has money. Enough to sustain themselves, right?
0: I think that sounds utopian and absolutely amazing. Uh, And it taps into being able uh, to be uh, self-reliant and to monetize yourself in the in the best way. I mean, I don't know if TikTok is the best example I'd choose, but just in general, we are the owners of our data and if we were able to to leverage that uh for our well-being, I think that's a beautiful future. Uh and and trying to think more practically and I wish it weren't the case.
1: It is on the way. I mean, if you look at the developments on Web three, if you look at what I'm, what I'm, what, what what you know, what I'm building right now, it's different solutions. It's like re- recreating the internet again, this time on on Web three, which enables the data collection and and finding ways to 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 solve real world problems that that the that humans have using this new technology. Now, the thing is that you know uh, earlier we were speaking about the Gartner. Um, uh, graph, right, of, 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 of with the hype, right? And I, I don't know if you remember that goes up and then it goes down because the hype was at the top. And then come the interesting developments, okay? So if we're looking at the new technologies that have to do with financial technology right now, especially in the areas of crypto and NFTs and blockchain, what we're seeing most of the time is the hype part, okay? Of the great ideas that the kids come up, it's really cool, it's really classic, but they don't have a business case. They're not necessarily solving a real world problem. Okay. Therefore, inevitably, just like in the Gartner graph of 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 technology adoption, the 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 drop is going to come. Okay, and we're seeing that with crypto. We're seeing that with NFTs. But the interesting part comes after that, with the new projects that come that take into account this technology. How can I apply this in a way that gives value and solves real world problems? Okay. Now, if you look back at the the two three pro- projects that I've I've done with NFTs, where we did it with the College of Management and the CF, um, uh, CPA Union, we built NFTs of certification. Okay, to exactly to showcase how NFTs can be used in 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 the prevention of uh, of uh, of fraudulent certificates and degrees. Okay, that's the way to solve it, right? Okay. So we showcased that it's possible. Nobody thought about nobody like it's it's something that you know. Uh, we were the first in the world to do this in the CPA union. We were the first to do it in Israel for the MBA program and the first in the world after the Samsung University in South Korea of Samsung that did this for a few certificates. Okay, So when we did this with the College of Management for the MBA program, it's not only the first in, in Israel, it's the first in the world to implement this solution in order to 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 prove that degrees are authentic. Okay, and 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 when we did it with the CPA union again, we showcased that again. Okay, so so these new developments and new technologies can not only create hype, they can real they can create real world value. Okay, and that is where the sweet spot is. How do they solve problems that exist already?
0: So what advice would you give to somebody who is sitting in their cubicle and this whole Web3 notion and using data for good? And adding value to the world sounds really appealing, but then again so overwhelming. And and I know like the the, the structured programmer uh, is uh, in you is just going to say go and learn, but beyond that, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, how did you know that?
0: <laughs> well, we've been speaking for uh, a while, um, but you know, it's it's bigger than that because even if you want to go and learn, then you know, it's like there's so much data. Again, data is very confusing. Uh, so I would love to sort of get a, uh, some advice from you on how to sort of screen noise and understand how practically it's uh, it's possible to actually get a grip on this new world beyond it's convincing that convincing
1: me to go ahead and build um a, course. a digital course that anybody can learn i have like i've done courses when uh, you know uh, now i'm doing it with uh, with one of the major banks they asked me to come and teach their employees um so i'm doing it that way and people that came up to me and came as a group and asked me to open a course for them and i did that for them and i taught them right and and this is a project that has been shelved for, for a long time that why don't i record this and uh, and let people learn um and 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 um uh, and and an easy way that you know let them look at our conversation today i think i think many people can understand this right yes. so um uh, that's what i try to give that's what i try to, to take complex um uh, ideas and knowledge and wrap them in a way that gives people value in a way that they can understand and and what they can do with it next so you're kind of like a prioritizing in my brain um, something that I've been playing around with where, you know, I, I just didn't prioritize it necessarily of, of, of building um, a recorded crypto course.
0: So for the sake of this conversation, I'm just going to assume that the answer to that part of the question is soon or, you know, in the next few months, maybe it will be through you. Uh, but I guess some b- people with initiative can also find a way to bridge that knowledge gap. And I do hope that it's going to be with your help. But yeah. whether or not that's the way, what what's the next step? Like, what advice would you give somebody who wants, t- who now has the understanding of the landscape and wants to actually create something and bring value to the world through it.
1: Use the four extra hours a day that you're sitting in front of your TV, Netflix or um, uh, Facebook or TikTok for that matter. Sorry, TikTok, I don't have anything against you, <laughs> except that you should give the money, the data back to the people, right? Um, uh, but use that time and start filling the knowledge gaps on all aspects, not just about the technology, but the, on the how-to and on the emotional part and what do you want to build and uh, and go. And, uh, and and it's not just academic learning. It's learning from experience. It's learning from mentors. Uh, that's not something I can give, right? Um, but But go in and there are people that this is what they do okay and put uh, p- uh, learn things about growth mindset about um uh, uh there's so much um out there today with mentors from different areas of, uh, of of what you need in order to fulfill your dreams and yes dare to dream if i if i could put a slogan is dare to dream and dare to pursue it you No, know, all of us have this ability we did that when we were born what's the difference why can't we do it when we're 50 or 60 or 40 or 70 it's yeah. all of that we like it's a waste of, of years like i see people sitting in front of. Sorry, I, I, I'm going to go back again, right? People sitting at home and and, and not doing stuff and kind of like years and years go by and their dreams are shelved. Why? Why isn't it? It's, you, it's your life. Do something great with it.
0: It's really sad, and it's part of the reason that we started this podcast because we want to be that voice that encourages and helps bridge that gap. Uh, between you know, being passive and actually taking initiative, even if it means failing along the way, and hey, it's
1: gonna mean failing along the way for sure, right? It's no failing. Remember, it's achieving goals that you didn't plan to, to achieve all, along the way. Right. What's your superpower? Hmm. My first inclination would be would would be, because we were talking about it. I guess would be taking um uh, um uh, uh, complex um ideas and 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 knowledge and wrapping it and explaining it in a way that gives other people um, value. So I would think that is one of them. And then a lot comes under that. For instance, being able to look into the different futures because it's like what analysts do, right? You kind of like see where are things heading? Where is this going? What kind of, what, what could be created on these technologies and where would that bring us on the different aspects? And then taking that complexity and wrapping it in a way to bring it down to um uh to um okay so the steps that we need to do are now this, 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 and this. And that's a lot of what the advisory and the strategic um help that I that I that I give companies and regulators, um, and you know, even private people, that that's part of what I give. I sit down and I, you know, and I and I sit and, and that's what I do. You know, I, I look into them, okay, what are we talking about? The third thing I think is um is looking about, maybe it's the same thing, I guess. Is trying to find that that place where different parameters um, fit together in order to create what you want to create. Okay, that sweet point of of uh, where you you're giving value, therefore people want that value. Therefore, the business case of what you're building is useful, and it's using innovative technology to solve a real problem. That's five things, right? And 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 finding that place because that's I think that's where where beauty is, right? And that place where you're getting value, you're giving value, you're doing everything, right? And then you're solving problems. So um, with the technology, with the innovation, and that's a, a lot of why why I'm invited to, um, uh, to come in, come in uh, and uh, and again, and, and advise and strategize and think together on board of directors of, of different, you know. Um, um, I think that's kind of like the added value that I can bring. And, um, and I enjoy, you know, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy helping companies. I enjoy building a better future for as many people as possible, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think also talking to you, you also have that, uh, vision to be able to see the, the, the optimal intersection between different worlds.
1: Hmm. I don't know if I could do that. Let's say on the medical world or worlds that I don't have enough knowledge on.
0: No, but on the ones that you do have.
1: Uh, the ones that I do, yes, of course. Everything that has to do with blockchain, crypto, money, um, finance, uh, trading, um, uh, payments, um, uh, loans—all the rest of it—all of these new worlds that are that are combined between finance and technology, those sweet spots. Um, yeah, those are where where um, where I can build those things.
0: And your kryptonite?
1: My kryptonite. Oh, this is embarrassing. Self doubt.
0: Oh yeah, I wouldn't guess. I'm not being cynical. Really?
1: Yes. Oh God, that's a behind the scenes of this. I and mean, you can you can censor this part, of course. Self doubt and am, am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Why isn't this fast enough? Maybe I'm maybe I'm not adequate enough to do this. Self doubt.
0: You're overcoming it. So how?
1: Trying harder. I don't know. T- trying again. Trying again. Trying again. Not giving up. What can I do? I think also you're able to
0: sometimes balance out that voice. I think maybe it's like a voice in your head that's there. But like you mentioned earlier, you have that feedback from reality that helps you. Remember exactly.
1: Well, it's- yeah, it's a, it's about remembering. Definitely, it's about remembering. I think I'm I'm pretty lucky because you know one of the things that I learned on this journey is choose who who you surround yourself with. You know that you're the average of the five people that are closest to you. Choose those five people very carefully. It's amazing that you're saying that you
0: know because when you were talking about how you headed up, off uh, as an entrepreneur for the first time. I was thinking of asking you exactly that. I was thinking of asking you who the, if, if this is somehow related to being the average of the five people around you, did you have like references uh, of people on their individual journey?
1: I had to weed out a lot of people. I didn't have that, but, but during this journey, I learned how to synthesize and, and know what kind of people I enjoy surrounding myself with. And I can give you the exact traits. Please do. Well, number one, empowering people. People that um, are there to remind you when you forget how wonderful you are. They empower. Okay, like you know, sometimes people joke and they kind of like banter with each other. I I I I think it's much better to surround yourself with people that that empower you, that tell you you're amazing. Look at your beautiful eyes, Dala. okay. Look how smart you are. Look what you've done, okay. To remind you in those moments of doubt, you know. So first of all, people that are empowering. Second of all, people that are positive. Okay, not people that are like you see people. Life, life is not easy. You know, I I didn't say this until now, but I, I have two children that are are um, uh, known as disabled, recognized as disabled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be so easy to give up for them, for me, to just say, ah, life is shit. It's easy because life, you know, I I say this to my kids, there's gravity. Gravity isn't good or bad, right? But there are illnesses. There are um, uh, things that happen that you don't necessarily have control over. Gravity exists. Germs exist. Are they good? Are they bad? Depends on who you are. I mean, if if you're building a house, it's good that there's gravity. You don't want your house to fly in the air, right? But if if you're falling, it's not good. Okay, so they're not good or bad. They're there. Now, you can sit down and be bummed because gravity is there. And say, ah, there are germs. I got sick. Oh, my God. You know, my daughter had to go through major surgery um, uh, two and a half years ago. She had to learn how to walk again at the age of 12. Oh. She got to a point where she was on a wheelchair. In six months, her body deteriorated to the point where, where in order to save her, I had to stop everything. That's why it took me five years, right? I had to stop everything for a whole year and and take her. And, and, and abroad, we had to have, have major surgery in uh in new york because that was where the specialist was um and rehabilitation and teacher again how to walk okay it would it's like you know you could sit down and and, and be bummed and say fuck you know i'm sorry that you know "I, i i i'm working i had to give up all my clients everything all the momentum that i built for two whole years i had to stop them i don't have tenureship anymore and vacation days and sick days. Nobody cares. I ha- and I had to stop and save her and rebuild everything all over again. Okay? It's easy to just give up and say, ah, oh, life is too hard. I'll just sit down and watch TV. <laughs> I'll watch somebody else's life, right? And so the second um, trait that I, um, uh, I surround myself with people or that I like are people that are positive that have gone you know like life has it's ups and downs so after the down the hardest part is finding the strength to go up again and reach a new height until the next you know like a sinus graph right because hopefully it to happens so eventually right but shit happens yeah. okay yeah and um so the second trait that i look for in people is is the this optimism this positivity this ability to to pick yourself up when you're on the floor and when you want to give up and, um, uh, uh and, uh, and they pick themselves up and they said, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dwelling down here in I gravity. I'm, I'm, I'm finding and mustering the courage and the energy and the strength to plow myself out. When, when I came back after saving her, she was finally walking again. She was in rehabilitation only two days a week. She started school again after missing a whole school year. Um, so three days a week she was at school, two days I would take her to rehabilitation, and that continued for another half a year, right? I remember in in the three days where she was at school, she would wake up and go to school. I would wake up, and this is after me giving up everything that I've built, right? Not wanting to wake up, saying, What am I doing here? Why am I still here? Like, I don't have the energy to even get out of bed. Just why do I have to wake up again and be in this reality? Like I've done my part. I've, you know, I've done the best that I could and like literally, you know what I I didn't even know. I broke two bones. I was doing with two broken bones, saving her. I only realized that after she was fine, I went to the doctor and said, okay, I have pain here and here, you know, like uh, let's uh, know what happened there. The x-ray, I had two bones broken and I continued. Wow. Okay. Okay. So it's so easy to just give up. It's like, you know, giving into gravity. So the second thing that you want is to surround yourself with people that have gone through this and know that when you're down, they remind you, sun shines tomorrow. You can build again. It's okay. You can do this again. You can build it better. You can do anything. The sky is the limit. You can do again. And yes, maybe another part of gravity is going to hit you again along the way. So you take a deep breath. You go through the... I built an algorithm of how to get up when you're down, right? When, When life hits you too hard and you continue again. So that's number two. Number three is that people that you can think about... Think about with like sit down and think about and they're smart and they like to think about questions on different disciplines like philosophical, ethical, where the future is going. Think about ideas. I love that. I love the ability to think about ideas in the future and everything. So uh, you know, and then there's the rest of it that it's recuperated and it's just one, not one-sided, and all the rest. But I think these are the three major things, and uh, and I'm lucky enough to have found along this journey people that these traits exist in them so if you're asking me what happens when i have myself doubt and when i wake up in the morning or i have luckily these these people that that i can write to and say oh, like why am i even trying why am i doing i wanted this deal so much and it didn't come through and i've been working a year and i half for it and it didn't come through because something happened on a macro level or something else happened right and and you know and then they're there to empower me moreover amazing look what the, the things that you achieve look at what you how much value you've given to people look at what you've built look at the you know the value of what you've built how much it helps people around you and okay so one deal did not happen so you wasted x amount of hours it's not wasted you learned so much on the way right you achieved so much during trying to reach this goal so you reached a different goal that you didn't want to go reach that's fine you didn't fail you're not a failure thank you so much for being
0: so transparent and vulnerable and not trying to portray a picture that's flawless and is free of self-doubt. And and for revealing also that personal part of your journey that is so significant and could have so easily made you completely stop. And I think the fact that you kept going and the fact that you literally helped your daughter learn to walk again and then figuratively had to... Learn to walk again, business wise, is so inspiring, and I hope that you're aware of just how powerful and em- empowering you sound and are.
1: Really, I hope I can give value to humans. I like today when Trump asked me, um, uh, you know, uh, come and join this podcast, and I was like, wouldn't it make more sense if I joined this podcast when I was the size of Elon Musk, like? <sighs> Right, and he was like, "You, you keep forgetting what you do." So, um, so if I can, even if if at this stage when I still feel like I'm I'm a chick, I haven't achieved like half of the goals that I want to be achieving, right? If I can help others in any way, obviously that that fills my heart with a lot of with a lot of joy. Um. Uh, so, so thank you. I I hope that the, our listeners will also feel that that I that they got something from.
0: You uh... you have to hear that. Certainly do.
1: Yeah, you think so? Yes. Wow. All right. So first of all, thank you. I appreciate that very much. I'm happy to hear that.
0: Well, thank you so much. Uh, I hope your book gets written and your course happens and that in general, uh, you're able to keep your doing and impacting and and trying to make the world a better place as, as grandiose as it sounds. Uh, you know, you, you you certainly seem like you're breaking it down into incremental steps. and And I'm so glad that you are.
1: <laughs> thank
0: you.
2: Real life.
1: Superpowers. Up the sky. It's a bird.
2: It's a plane. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. It's alive.
1: Real life. Superpowers.